You are now listening to The Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here is your host, Khalil Dumas. What's going on, Unstucked fam? If you're loving the podcast, be sure to visit unstuck.com for more resources, ways to work one-on-one with me and my company, Unstucked, as well as our free Unstucked guide to help you get unstuck in your career, life, finances, and business. I'm so happy you're here for the ride, and now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstuck podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Dumas. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite content creators and influencers, DeAndre Brown. DeAndre balances influencing in his nine to five. Many of you may know him as the corporate baddie or part of the elite. Thank you for coming on, DeAndre. I know our listeners are going to learn a lot about content creation and get so much value. How are you doing? I am doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm so excited for this interview. I think folks are really going to get a lot of value from this. And I've wanted to connect with you for months now. And so it's great to finally get to have a conversation with you. Starting off, what's your story? How did you stumble into influencing and content creation? And tell us a little bit about your goals and and your mission. Yeah, so as you all know, my name is DeAndre Brown, corporate baddie here, part of the elite. I stumbled into content creation in a, a very strange way, I'll say. I just graduated from college, undergraduate in May. And I moved to a new city, Dallas, Texas. Didn't know anyone, no family, no friends, nothing. And I was like, you know, I need to find something that I can do to fill up my free time. So what I started to do was I created videos, but they were more so informative on how to get into corporate spaces. And they didn't perform too well. I was like, oh, rats, like this isn't working how I expected it to work. So then I just took a spin on things and I just started doing things more fun. And I was trying to relate my message more so to a Gen Z audience because I know that TikTok specifically is made up majority of Gen Z. I did funny like work from home videos and I had a lot of success with them. And I I mean, I do other things on top of that, but I think that's the main thing that I do that really got me to that next level with content creation and working while also being a content creator. (laughs) which is no easy task. (laughs) Let's say that. It's not. And I could attest to that. And I wanted to explore that a little bit because I think, you know, I want to hear a little bit about how content creation influencing adds to your life. But talk a little bit about some of those challenges because I know a lot of our listeners are maybe on the fence about content creation influencing and they tend to see the end result. They don't get to really see that middle ground. That's partly why I created this platform was to kind of showcase that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's actually a great topic. And I feel like A lot of content creators don't really touch on that a lot specifically because, for example, my parents, for example, they're always like, how are you always so busy? All you're doing is posting videos online. I'm like, you don't understand how much goes into posting these videos online. It's not, oh, I'm just posting a video. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes and it becomes difficult for me specifically because... I also do work my nine to five. So I'm working, but at the same time, I'm responding to brands. I'm reading over contracts, putting together my schedule, doing all of these other things in the background. And that's really difficult when you first start off. Eventually, you get to a point within your content creation journey where, hey, I can hire help or I have an agent now, which makes it a little bit easier. And I'm grateful that I'm in that place now. But Starting off, it's not simple whatsoever, but you really just have to be, what I tell people all the time that I'm trying to get into this room, you just really have to be motivated and you have to really want to do it and have 
somewhat of a passion for it because it's not easy as people may think it is. Absolutely. And you mentioned a very important point there, which is delegating. And that's something that I've had a crash course in, you know, from the content creation to running the business, the website, I've had to hire a lot of help as well. And it's helped, but still there's quite that big burden of content creation. We have something in common where we also have nine to fives. And that's something that I've talked about on the show, you know, how content creation and influencing in itself has helped me in my own career. Can you talk a little bit about how you've balanced your nine to five? Do you find that it's added value to your nine to five? Do you feel that it's subtracted in some way? Just want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that it has actually added a lot of value because there aren't a lot of people that do what I do that kind of do it in my realm of things. Like I work in corporate, but I also take jabs at corporate with my videos. I feel like a lot of people don't do that. But my company, a lot of opportunities have happened for me specifically within my company, like trying to really use TikTok in order to bring in a new audience into the workforce and having people in the company email me throughout the week, like, love your videos. They're so inspirational. Can't believe you work here. And then just a lot of other opportunities have come from my job and working. Those are the pros, but it also does have cons as well. And a lot of those cons come in with, some people just not understanding. And especially when my CNBC article went live, a lot of people that are much older than I am were like, how is he working here? And how is he having time to do this? And it just, they became very skeptical in a sense, like, hmm, what's really going on? Like, are you getting your work done? Yeah, absolutely. And that's becomes a challenge. It's something that I've definitely run into in the past. And that's definitely something that has to do a little bit with the culture. And then some folks that maybe, to your point, just don't really get it. I've kind of found two environments, right, where they don't really get it. And they've kind of taken it as a negative as opposed to kind of my job now where they see it as a glaring positive. I mean, I, it was so funny. I joined the executive call war room and everyone's like, we love this episode of the Unstuck podcast. Everyone go listen. Like, make sure you guys are listening. Like, so eventually you'll find that support. And I think people will start to see you more. And so talk a little bit about that. That's something that I wanted to get your take on. Talking about what makes a nine-to-five toxic, what makes it tough to kind of amend that to your content creation? What are some of the things that you found that makes that environment toxic? Yeah, I just personally feel that nine-to-fives, they, you know, it's not all of them, but a lot of them, especially if you're working like me, I work in banking. I work in consumer banking. So it's a lot of work. And what they try to do is when you do well in work, they try to give you more work. So then it just becomes this just doing so much work and you're doing so much that you don't really have a life. The reason why people end up in this boat, and it's something I talk about on my channel a lot, is that people aren't setting boundaries. (laughs) You have to set boundaries in the workforce. You have to say, hey, like, I'll do this. I'll do this. Let's set a date for this to be complete. Don't accept things last minute like, hey, can you do this really quick? I need it by like end of day. No, I can't do that. If you tell me that today, you need it like maybe three, four days from now. Perfect. But, you know, it's just you really have to be strong in your boundaries to the point where people in the company will know like, well, I know not to ask DeAndre for that because he's not going to have it back, you know? And it's not to say like, oh, you're slacking off or you're not doing your job. You're just firm in what you do. And you put out good quality work at work so that you can assert your boundaries. Absolutely. And that's such a key point, you know, with balancing. That's one of my favorite lines is, what would you like me to deprioritize? Because if I need this done by the end of the day now, right, something else has to move. So having all that been said, 
Talk a little about that great resignation. That's something that's been such a buzzword right now. That's been something that I feel like a lot of folks have found this. And in a lot of ways, I'm feeling an unnecessary pressure to kind of remove themselves from nine to fives as a whole without really understanding, right, all the ramifications of that. Can you talk a little about why this great resignation is going on and what's your take on it? I personally think that the reason that this is occurring is because now in today's society, we have access to a lot of things. You know, we have access to the internet. So we can really see what other people are doing. And and because we can see what other people are doing and how they're using their time and what they're doing to bring in income, we see that I don't have to stress myself out and do you know all these crazy tasks and work all day and night and have bags under my eyes and looking crazy when there's literally people out here that literally are now getting paid to travel. Like, you know... I feel like back in the day, people didn't have access to stuff like this. We didn't know what everyone was doing. But, you know, with this whole new day and age of technology, it's just so different. And then just with a lot that's going on in the world around us now, people, I guess, are becoming more uncertain of jobs and the future that they have with them. And also, one thing that my mother tells me a lot, actually, my mother and my grandmother say this a lot, when they were younger, people stayed at jobs literally until they like retire. Like they would start at 16 and stay till they like retire. And the reason why is because jobs were very loyal to their employees. However, now there has become a shift in that where jobs don't have that same loyalty. So it's like in a relationship, if you're not loyal to me in a relationship, I'm not going to stay. So I think we're starting to see the same thing in jobs as well, which is why people aren't staying there. And then also people are just now at a place in their life where they want to explore, you know, being an entrepreneur and doing things for themselves and starting their own thing. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life too, because it's like, I'm really big on, you can't tell me how much I'm worth. I'm really big on that. And I feel like when you work for a company, they're going to tell you, okay, we're giving you $300,000 a year to do X, Y, and Z. However, when you work for yourself, I may make $50 that year or I may make $50 million like this. You really can't tell me what my worth is. That's for me to decide based on how much work I put in and results that come from that. Absolutely. You made some great points there. And I think, you know, starting back with loyalty in companies, I think that's definitely something that has kind of become a mutually exclusive relationship now. When you think back in the day, we had pensions, right? We don't, we don't have that anymore. There's no need for us to stay. And it's actually really funny that you brought up, you know, the things that you know, your mom and your grandmother said, because I always joke with my mom and my good friends, like imagine if TikTok was around in like the 80s, like it would have been popping off, right? Like it would have been a crazy, more crazy than it even is today. But I wanted to shift back because you've done something remarkable. You're definitely a trailblazer when it comes to content curation and just creating a life for yourself. So any lessons learned so far that you find would be valuable to the listeners about being on TikTok, being an influencer, but more specifically working with brands? I know a lot of folks right now come to me asking about brand deals and like, how do I enter that space? Can you talk a little bit about your experience there and maybe some lessons you've learned so far? Wow, that's a really good question. But honestly, it's really a gamble. When you start content creation, and you know, just to give background on this, a lot of people start content creation with the goal, I'm making content because I want to eventually make income off of this. Me, I was just doing it because, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I was like, this is a great way to meet friends and stuff like that. 
However, what I will say is that when brands would email me like, hey, like we have this campaign, we want you to work on. When I first started, I was lowballing myself significantly. I would be like charging $500 and it would be all these deliverables that I needed to do. And then I started following other people on TikTok because there are some people who are very open and transparent about you know, how to make money on TikTok. And I started following them. And then what happens also is that you start to engage with other creators. So DMing other creators like, hey, what is a good starting price? What are your current rates? Some are very like nice and they'll answer. And then some are very, no, I'm not telling you that. They won't respond and they're very stuck up. That's what I call them. They're stuck up. Um, yeah, tell them. <laughs> because, yeah, because I just feel like we're all in this space together and there's so much money in this space. There's no need for us to be hogging, trying to hog and not share with one another what we're making and how much we can be making. But it was a huge gamble at first. And I think what really changed it was reaching out to other creators and having them help me and tell me like kind of what their rates were so I can better gauge how much I should be charging. And then one occurrence that sticks with me all the time is it was this one campaign I was working on. This influencer, she reached out to me and she was like, I just want to ask how much are you getting paid? For this, because I know that's kind of weird, but I really want to ask. And I said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you asked that because I literally wanted to ask you the same exact question. We were the only two Black creators that were on the campaign. So we were really curious to know. And I ended up getting paid more than she did. But then we turned to find out we asked white creators and they're like getting paid significantly more than what either one of us were getting paid. And you know what? It's just a gamble because we just don't know. Like, we were both new to this. This is like our first huge campaign in a sense. And we still make good money. But when you see what they're getting paid, it's just like, rats, that kind of sucked. I wish we would have been more familiar and more cognizant of what we should have been asking for. Yeah, you know, that value and that conversation I have a lot with Gabby Alanello from The Corporate Quitter. She's my accountability buddy. And that's something that we talk about quite often is our rates and to your point, that is definitely something that has become a, a conversation point, which is black creators and what they make and white creators and what they make. And I even find myself guilty of, you know, undercharging a lot. I'm a very unique creator. Um, I'm a marketing executive. And so not only do I offer brands content creation, but I also offer them strategies. And so I know I'm vastly undercharging to your point. People are making ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars on one video, right? And I'm giving business value. And so I start to wonder a little bit, right? It, it talks a little bit about access and the need for more black folks to be not only in the content creation space, but the business side. And that's definitely something that I'm working on. And that's something that I think more folks should work on as well. But again, peeling that veil off of ambiguity, Clara has been a great resource that was created by a TikTok creator uh, to be able to really understand rates. But talk a little bit about, I know that whenever I'm trying to price things, I get imposter syndrome. I, I really start to overthink it. Like, I don't want to be right overcharging folks, but I don't want to be undercharged. Like, how do you keep that imposter syndrome at bay? And how do you build the confidence to ask for what you're worth? Honestly, you know, I personally feel that when it comes to getting my worth, I just think about what is so-and-so possibly getting charging for this. And that's really how I go into the conversation with companies that are asking like rates. And also, I will say this too, it depends on the company and if I really want to work with them. So me personally, I don't accept stuff that I just feel isn't aligned with my brand. I won't accept it. 
However, if I do think that there is some alignment there and they're a huge company, I'm going to charge them way more than I may charge a company that's like smaller just because, you know, they have more budget. But I, I feel like I never really get the whole imposter syndrome and like I'm scared to ask for my worth because I know my worth. I know I put out good content. I get a lot of views. Um, my page is very active on Instagram and TikTok. So I, I feel like I don't have a problem with knowing my worth. It's like, do you know my worth? Do you see my worth? And if you don't see my worth, then I'll just find another brand. There's so many brands reaching out, like maybe three, four times a week. It's like, just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean something else. Whoa. And a good example of that is it was this one brand that reached out to me and they were offering me like a lot, so much money. I'm like, I can't believe that I'm being offered this much money. And it just didn't really work out how I wanted it to. For a short period of time, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just settle and just, you know, take this because this is still so much money. I have very minimal student loans. I was like, I can use this, pay my student loans, do all this other stuff. But I said, no, I said, I'm not going to do it. It wasn't right. It wasn't right what they were asking. And then literally a week later, I get a brand reaching out to me, totally in alignment, perfect brand. And they were offering me the same, it's so crazy. They're offering me the same amount that the first friend that I mentioned was offering me. It, it just goes to your worth. I turned down this one opportunity and this phenomenal opportunity that's so aligned with me and where I'm trying to head, like reached out. And it was a way better deal as well. Like way less deliverables for the same exact price that the first one was giving me. So, you know, it's a gamble. Yeah, it really is. That's a great word to use. It, it really feels like a gamble and it just feels like a crapshoot, right? Like you just don't know who's going to show up at your door. And that's something that's so key. I had um, on episode four, Manifesting with Britt, we talked about manifestation and alignment and how important it is to align yourself with the life that you want. And you did that naturally, right? A brand came to you, you looked past the dollar value and you turn to yourself and say, does this feel right? And I think a lot of people don't listen to that voice. They give it less value for someone else's voice. And to your point earlier with corporate and with, you know, even with just brands, if you don't know your worth, they're going to tell you your worth. They're going to let you know how much they want to pay for you. And so that's a great point. And then all of a sudden, right, that's crazy that the next week you get a very similar opportunity that aligns. So that's such a key point. Yeah, I just also wanted to mention that don't, for anybody out there that is trying to get into the influencing space or they're starting to receive deals, brands will literally try to sweet talk you to get you to take anything. Like they'll say things such as, oh, I really love your content or this is so great. Like me and my colleagues are always, because they're trying to sweet talk you so that you can take their crappy offer. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just like, don't do it. Tell them, if you really love my content, you'll pay me this much because this is how much that I'm worth. And lastly, to that point, what I will say is that you should always overcharge and then negotiate and undercharge. Because if you undercharge, most of the time, they're still going to give you an offer lower than what you undercharge them. So if you overcharge, maybe you can meet at that sweet spot. You know what I mean? Usually brands aren't going to give you what you asked for the first time. Absolutely. I did a very similar thing where we did mainly 
consulting in-house for their content. I didn't even have to make content and I put out my value as $10,000, you know, and I also really liked this brand and I also knew the people in the brand. And so really too, you start to find those brands to your point that you like want to work with, you want to see them succeed. And also I've seen a lot of repeat business, a lot of brands come back and they want to work. But to your point, right, they settle at 7,500. I actually was able to get them up to about 8,500 plus like their actual products too, which was fantastic. So to your point, always aim high and not only in the creator realm, but in your career. I mean, I talk about job hopping and being an advocate for that. I always overcharge and I always ask for more. If my salary is 150, I'm asking for for 210 and we're landing on 180, right? And so I won that in that race, right? It's, I know a lot of people that say, you know, I'm going to ask for what I make right now. And I'm like, well, now you're doing yourself a disservice because you're worth more than that. All of us are worth more than our nine to five salaries. You know, we all get underpaid in my opinion. So that's definitely a key is to ask for more. And so if you're someone that's struggling with that, take it from DeAndre and I, ask for more. Yeah, and I'll say just to your point, you know, I wish this podcast was going on when I was like just getting out of college because, you know, in college, me personally, I don't know about everybody. I was broke. I didn't have any money in college, (laughs) you know, Um, So I saw like when my job offered me my amount, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I didn't ask for more because I was like, you know, this is perfect. This is good. I think now what's happening a lot on social media and just with the younger generation is financial transparency. People being very transparent with how much they make. So I'm talking to other colleagues and they're like, oh, I'm making this much. And I'm just like, rats, like <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm making so much less. So I kind of lowballed myself. So definitely that was great advice you just gave. Make sure you're asking for more. Yeah, and that's key, especially for, you know, folks just getting out of college. I was the same way. It's so funny to think back and I always share salaries and it's something that I have talked about in past episodes. You know, when I first started out in my career, you know, I actually was making around 45000 and I said, oh, this is great. Like I didn't ask any questions. And I actually ended up working for the swoosh and ended up taking a pay cut from that. I actually went to a job for less because I thought, oh, I'm not as qualified. I only have a year of experience, but I really want to work for this brand. I don't want them to say no. Right. And I just laugh now because that is just <laughs> that is just the polar opposite of what I do today. But it's true. It has to do with that imposter syndrome. And it has to do with your confidence levels. You know, not every person coming out of college is asking for low balls. I had friends coming out of college making $200,000. You know, I had friends that are in the right space, right, making a lot. And it just has to do with your skills and your ability to to really talk to those skills and how it's going to translate into dollars for the company. I don't think a lot of people have experience with that. And the same thing goes for brands. And I know you've had experience, right? Your ability to say, here's why I'm valuable. Um, and they see it in your content too. They see your confidence. They see your community, how much they love you. So all of that kind of plays in line. And so I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, what has TikTok and social media just done for you as a person? What has it done for your business? Like talk a little bit about that transition. Cause I started following you when you first got out the gate. And I remember telling my fiance, like, this guy's going to catch because I just, I think I would look for your videos. I would just die. The corporate baddie just had me on the floor. Now the elite has me on the floor. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It's crazy when you, when you were like, oh, I want to have you on a podcast. I remember thinking, I was like, Gosh, I remember following you and I was like, I think I had like 8,000 followers then. And it's like, I've just, it's gotten so big since then, you know? Always remember your day ones. That's one thing I will say. Remember who was there for me from the beginning. I remember you used to comment, I would do the corporate baddies and you would say, why isn't this like blown up yet? Like, cause it would be like, I don't know, it had like 200 likes and you're like, why hasn't this blown up or taken off yet? I, I do remember that. I really do. But to your question... 
TikTok has truly done a lot for me. I started taking TikTok serious back in like December. In December is when I finally, I hit 10K and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like it was always my goals. I just want 10K. And then I get to 10K, next thing you know, I'm at 50K. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Then it's 100. Now I just hit 200 yesterday, 200,000. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So it, it, it just keeps growing, honestly. It has helped a lot with business and getting my name out there because like now people just, they want to work with me. Like not even just brands, but photographers. Like actually when I get off this call, I made a post yesterday that I'm in Chicago. This photographer reached out to me and was like, yeah, I want to shoot you. So I have to run there. So it's like, it has created a lot of opportunities. It really has become a business. I've hired a team to help me with YouTube because YouTube's a new beast that I want to really tackle and get into. So, I mean, I've hired a team for that. And now I'm trying to expand my business outside of just content. I now want to get into buying property. I just feel like this has been a great stepping point. And I I want this to continue because I do eventually want to see myself maybe on television or no, I won't say maybe. I won't say maybe. I will say maybe. I will. Thank you. (laughs) I will see myself on television one day and I will see myself, you know, doing talk shows and live interviews. It all takes time. So it's just, you just got to keep grinding and keep doing the business side of things, keep stacking and keep just growing your platform. And it's like having a team really is helping me a lot as well. It keeps me organized because it is stressful. It's a lot. Well, uh, Ellen and Wendy Williams need to move over because I would watch your show (laughs) any day of the week. Is there anything that you just want your listeners to know about you or just to know in general? Just want to kind of give you the floor to to talk to them and and let them know. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I want people to know, and I stress this a lot on and off social media, is that... Whatever you do, just be authentic and be your true self. You know what I mean? For so long within my life, I tried to put on this facade for social media. Like, oh, I'm so perfect. I have everything together. And I was scared to really show like the side of me that's more funny and more personable. I was very scared to show that side of me because I was afraid that I would be judged and people would, you know, make fun of me and, you know, be able to hang or do certain things anymore. But really, by just being my authentic self and being true to who I am on social media, a lot of opportunities have opened up from that. And I just want everybody to, whatever you're doing, to always be authentic and be true to yourself. Like, it's really no greater feeling. Like, I go to sleep every night and I'm so happy because I know that the platform that I'm building is who I truly am. Like, this isn't a facade. It's not like I'm faking some life so that, or, you know, social media, this is really my authentic self. And I'm just happy that, you know, I get to share it with everyone. And another thing I will say is that for everyone, like if you are living at home or if you, if you still live in a city that you grew up in, really try to get out of where you started from. Because moving from, from Atlanta, which is where I went to school, to Dallas, not knowing anybody, it put me in a very uncomfortable situation where I tried to find things to fill my time. And sometimes when you do it for the best, finding things to fill your time will really, you never know, it really can be something that turns into something huge. You know, it can just be a a starting point. So I definitely say that if you have that opportunity to get away from home and get away from the environment that you see every day, to definitely take that opportunity. Well, 
that's a fantastic point to leave off. Definitely make sure you follow uh, DeAndre Brown on Instagram and TikTok at I am Dre Brown and on YouTube at DeAndre Brown One. DeAndre, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.